0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 36th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my Bfca buddy, Eric Marchin. I'm crawling up the walls, Matt, excited with anticipation to discuss Spider-Man Far From Home, not in review form,
1: but in draft edition.
0: Yeah, we are doing a Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler cast today. So if you guys listened to our Avengers Endgame episode, we dedicated a whole episode to kind of... um, Giving you all the nitty gritty and spoiler discussion um, for every single aspect of Endgame. We're going to do the same thing for Far From Home. A little bit of a, a bonus episode because you'll get two episodes this week. You'll get your classic. Uh, episode in the 37th draft. But uh, today, yeah, we are only going to be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, You guys might have listened to our review, and if you did not, we have a review up on the Entitled Movie Reviews feed. Spoiler um, free. Which is completely spoiler free. So again, if you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home yet, you can go listen to that episode. We don't give anything away. We kind of just give our impressions. But uh, if you have seen Spider-Man Far From Home, or if you just don't care um you can listen (laughs) to this podcast uh we're gonna take the gloves off or the fishbowl off or whatever the hell take the illusion away of spoilers and uh and spoil everything um in this uh, in this podcast because um there was a lot of stuff we couldn't go over in our review we kind of had to be cagey about what we liked and didn't like because we didn't want to kind of yeah and we got an email post screening as well yeah that said do not spoil anything so it's been about uh just under a week yeah because it um, opened on tuesday tuesday so um we gave people about five days four or five days or so to see the film and then uh wanted to put this out there so yes i'm just kind of stalling to give you time if you have not seen spider-man far from home uh and you don't want to be spoiled no worries you can bail out right now and uh come back after and come back after and listen to this so uh um yeah let's just get into it eric so Again, I think we both are on the same page. We both really like this film. I have now seen it twice. Yeah, so I've
1: only seen it once. Yeah, um, (laughs) you I mean, we saw it a week ahead of time, or yeah, we. Yeah, it was about a week. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, you're not completely crazy by seeing it again so soon, but I want you to sort of. Sort of go over what stuck out the second time uh, for you specifically, and and not yeah. just spoilers, but just no scenes just in thoughts general. after
0: seeing it again because I think you asked me a question on last week's episode. Or maybe it was in the review of Spider Man, if I, if how I would rank the three Marvel movies this year. And I was riding that high off of Spider Man, um, that first viewing. Um, after seeing it a second time, still absolutely love the movie. Um, I do think it takes a little while to get going, which I don't mind because I like the dynamic between all the kids and them going on the summer vacation. The elemental stuff is. Fine, I, I get why that's in there and why they really wanted to build that up as like, no, these are the threats in this movie and before pulling the rug from under you, if you didn't know what was coming, a lot of us did. Um, but you know what? I, I think my experience the second time um, hindered my opinion of the movie the second time. Um, had a gentleman um, speaking to his son throughout the entire movie beside me. Uh, his son was probably in his low like, teens, probably, and then... It's uh, funny, because
1: there were kids behind me during uh, the
0: press screening. Those were a children of a, f- a f- critic friend of ours. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, which, th- that's fine. I don't mind kids... Getting excited and watch. Like, again, I, I, these movies are right. made. But you can't do anything kids. either because it's yeah, a kid, right? Yeah. Like, you exactly. can't ask them politely to do it because no. then you'll get. And they're, the parents are making an effort to, yeah. like, be like, hey, shh, like, watch the movie. It's <laughs> like. Shut up or no ice cream. Well, yeah. Basically, like, I appreciate when parents try yeah. to um, have their kids. Not talk, and you understand your kid is a kid and they're going to do that kind of stuff, so you can't really get mad at that. That's fine, but in this case, the kid was old enough to know not to talk during the movie, but you could tell his dad didn't really understand what was going on or had many questions. And then, they oh, were, so the kid was um, filling in the blanks then to the dad. Oh, so the dad was asking the kid questions, and then the kid was answering, <laughs> and then they <laughs> so were it's really not the kids, and fault. they were speaking another language too, okay? So it was like, and I it, I was at that point where I'm like, you know what? I've seen this movie already. I just don't have the energy. You can let energy. it go. I can and... let it go. I don't have the energy right now. Right. But um, it, it was a weird thing because the movie came out on a Tuesday night. You come for the spoiler cast, stay for Matt and Eric complaining about something. <laughs> <laughs> the older um, we
1: get, the more we're going to complain. And
0: then um, it just – I don't know if I just pick the wrong seats all the time. I'm like, why is everyone in this theater talking or do they just – I, I, I just have the worst luck ever, and you'll um, be
1: talking about your your experience of seeing it in. What? screen x screen x yeah. on the next episode yeah. the f- but did that hinder the experience as well
0: a little bit um it's so if for those of you that don't know what's and then there was another father on the other side of me who also didn't what's know with the was dads there. man it, the dads with their families going like i'm like why the fuck are you here don't I, the one dad's like guys this was father's years, day a couple weeks uh, this, ago is get is this, over yourselves does this take place five years after or before the last movie and i'm like ah oh, god damn it <laughs> Uh, Is this why you don't see um, movies with your dad? And Tuesdays. Tuesdays suck. Don't go to the movies on Tuesdays. Um, Anyway, Screen X, if you guys don't know, there was a thing called Barco Escape a few years ago. Exact same thing, basically, um, where you have the the normal screen in front of you, and then they project images on... On two two bigger panels, so it almost comes out as if it's
1: like you're immersed in a a, a three-dimensional Yeah, like
0: Yeah, like a surround vision kind of thing. And for Barco... They had three screens. You remember that the two screens on the side were kind of on a diag- uh diagonal, and then there's the center screen. Yeah, and they and wouldn't
1: always be projected. No. like it would be so, during like major so action same sequences. Same thing
0: here, but I thought the Barco stuff was better done. Like the screens and the projection was better. Where this, imagine if they just took a regular uh, 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 auditorium and then just projected shit on the walls beside you. So they're not like. It's just the regular walls that were there and they put, like, a screen on them. And then it's, like, this distorted fucking image that just, and, like, seemed low quality as well. And then because the movie is letterboxed, it's also letterboxed like, on the sides and in front of you. So you're getting pieces of the wall at the top and bottom. And then you're getting this distorted fucking image surrounding you. And it went out of sync a bunch of times. So, like, the image on the left side wasn't even matching everything else. And I'm like... You gotta save is, some of this for the this regular show. Yeah, I'll bitch about it some more. But, like... Oh, my anyways, God. This sounds like a something. nightmare.
1: And, and we've talked about this off the show and, but- and before. But IMAX is... Go the, see everything. the highest yeah. level of of quality and of, projection. Yeah. Like there's there's no need to continue creating these gimmicks. You know, 40x is enough as it
0: yeah. is. 40x at least is stupid and like, right, kind and it of works fun. for movies that you don't necessarily
1: yeah. have to follow the plot. Yeah. But
0: I know you had a, a you felt a little motion sick when you saw Doctor Strange. I did, or, and that was again. I would never suggest any of these. IMAX is the only one that I would suggest you go do on your first viewing uh any of these other gimmicks i would say like i the only reason i did it is because okay i hadn't done it before i want to talk about it on the podcast and um but then you
1: realized you did do it before and somehow this was worse than barco and we saw
0: star trek beyond in Barco. we did so anyways uh stay tuned 37th draft you'll get um me bitching about other (laughs) stuff that was just a taste yeah uh anyways let's get into spider-man so um yeah, dude. I don't know where you want to s- start. So, like, do we want to just kind of go through the movie Yeah, from start I think to we should start, like...
1: I mean, with the with the opening frame. Um, no, I think what we should start off with is how this movie handles exposition specifically. Um, it has a lot to cover in terms of the repercussions of Endgame and sort of the fallout of, of everything that's gone on. Yeah. So, in the first sequence, you get that Tim and Eric sort of news broadcast. Well,
0: before that, you get the weird Mysterio scene. Which I feel like. Right, right, right. That didn't, is didn't need to be there. Yeah. Like, I felt like that was. Like why it's kind of just drop it. Yeah, in. and why though? Like, just to introduce you to Mysterio, you could have done that like in his first scene where he just comes in. Like it's a very And this happens in Mexico as like, well. Yeah, why not just start the movie with the Whitney Houston I Will Always Love You? Yeah. And, um Which uh, plays a lot
1: better than that. Yeah. It
0: almost feels like that scene should have been a post credit scene for Endgame. If and that's Endgame what had they it. showed as the post credits. When they re-released it last weekend. Oh, okay. Um, so that's all. That's all that was extra, in, and in some the... other garbage. Okay. <laughs> else they did. So, anyways, you went into the first thing. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, movie
1: starts. So we get Betty Brant, and uh, I forget the other guy's name. I, but. I, I know the actor, but it's just. Anyways, so we get those two... From the from, school news. Yeah, we saw right. a little bit of that, which was one of the, 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 the best parts in Homecoming. Yeah. Um, basically explain that the snapping or Snapageddon is called the blip it a funny in memoriam for Tony Stark. Yeah, and, yeah, and it all looks like it's done on Photoshop God, I and almost Windows died Media, Movie when Maker. When that shitty
0: uh, pixelated picture of Vision popped up right. for the Getty Images thing. It's <laughs> Vision like, finally, justice yeah. for
1: Vision, right? Um, so that basically gives you the exposition of how people dealt with the five-year gap and how the majority of Peter's class were snapped other than Brad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well Brad would have been younger And now he's the same age as them Right, right. although so. they
1: don't make that completely clear Because they almost say that like Brad was one of the few Students that was still In in their class That didn't get right. snapped
0: yeah. um, And now he's just You know but then he would have been in his, like, 20s, wouldn't Probably, you? but I don't think logically... And that they're... would have made the stuff with MJ a little bit creepier, too. Right, 100%. Hey, uh, okay, <laughs> our catchphrase is back!
1: And that was an accident. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we we get the sort of the lowdown and, and the explanation of what's going on there um, before moving on into um, sort of... Peter getting ready to go on a summer vacation, and with that summer vacation, he wants to sort of take a little time for himself, because, you know, after the events of Endgame, he's Worn out He's He's overwhelmed He's he's overwhelmed
0: He's he's helping May Kind of help With this homeless Charity charity event Yeah And like he's
1: being Pulled in 30 other Directions and Still wants to be Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man But just needs maybe A little bit of R&R And time to recharge And also to You know Hang out with Ned A little bit And get to know MJ And sort of pursue Maybe romantic inclinations Yeah Um, All
0: while everyone's Looking for who is Going to be the next Iron Man And now you have This gap without Captain America And without Iron Man And and, and Thor, are, and even yeah. Captain
1: Marvel—all these characters that are kind of either MIA or um, out of the picture. They completely. saved the world,
0: or and died, and either got the fuck
1: out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now, yeah. So so Spider Man is feeling this this extra pressure from both. John Favreau's Happy Hogan and uh, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury to step up to become the next Iron Man because he's really the only one available at the time. And I mean, these pressures on top of just being a high schooler and an adolescent. You know makes for some interesting you know uh, situational comedy that doesn't feel stale that's very genuine and sincere and a lot of it comes from both uh, the dynamic between Peter Parker and Ned and Peter and MJ and even some of the stuff with Jake Hall's Mysterio um, feels like an interesting sort of similar dynamic between what he had with Tony. 100%. And it, and it works.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I love the opening of the film. Um, uh, again, like I mentioned, that I felt like it does take a little while to get going, but I think that's also because in the back of our minds, we know who the Mysterio character is. So while they're trying to fool the audience, and maybe a lot of audience members don't know that twist is coming, right. um, now that we can talk about that twist openly, um, you're kind of waiting, if you know the Mysterio character, just for that heel turn. And I can see like the the elemental stuff and it, it takes a little bit of time to kind of but I do think it does a good job of building it up and building that relationship between Quentin and, and Peter and 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 having that father figure like thing that Peter's looking for now that he has uh, he's dealing with that loss of. I keep saying he has he had his Uncle Ben moment, and he's um, reeling with the loss of Tony still. And I do think the movie does a good job of just being kind of a summer vacation movie at first, with a few big action set pieces with the elementals, and um, but then once you eventually get to that heel turn, I think the movie kind of turns a corner and goes a hundred percent for the rest.
1: So of it. Quentin Beck has always been, as you mentioned, an antagonist in the Spider-Man universe, and I mean even from the 1960s cartoon where was the first time I saw him there was always that you know jealousy and rage that he you know was a bit of a show off and egotistical and all those elements or elementals are there um but the thing is they they are hiding it from the audience and there are specific things that are tailored to this version of Spider-Man yeah. that you don't see coming and what it comes down to with both Homecoming and Far From Home Is that Tony Stark is the reason to blame for these villains They're Which disgruntled is awesome. workers yeah. basically Or people that, that Tony Stark has um, treaded over in the process And now Spider-Man is basically having to clean up Tony's mess With both you know, the Vulture not getting uh, that contracting gig Because Tony's uh, hired demolition crew or, or cleanup crew came in, and now with Quentin Beck being a hologram uh, inventor and projector sort of being fired. So
0: he invented barf, which we know from Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Um, which is great, and there's an amazing scene. So during, which I is mean, almost like JFK, Oliver Stone. Yeah, we skipped a bunch, but like, I mean, uh, there's nothing really to spoil in the first act of the movie. They go to Europe and they have a good time. He Peter battles some elementals. Um, he's given Edith, which even dead, I'm the hero. It stands for Tony. Yeah. Gives him these glasses, and and, uh, and I like and
1: the other classmates dig his new European look. Yeah, and
0: I, I dig all this stuff with the class, and I love Martin Starr and. Um, JB Smooth. Uh, JB Smooth, I feel like, is is fine in, right. in it. Like, well, he's he's not, not, I mean, I think both
1: of them are not really playing. Yeah. They're not giving performances. They're just doing their, their, their shtick, bit, right? Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I and it like, also has the connection to The Incredible Hulk because Martin Starr was in The Incredible Hulk when Edward Norton gives him uh, the pizza to get into the, the one
0: uh, facility. Yeah, and then he becomes a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I like all the Europe stuff and I like, uh, the relationship with Peter and MJ. And I think that that's really, and we went over a lot of this in the review, but, um, and then finally we get to the, the part where, uh, yeah, you get the Mysterio heel turn. And then this is the stuff we couldn't talk about in our, in our, uh, in our main review but yeah like you mentioned there's this awesome reveal and that's what that i mean bar by, scene is amazing yeah and that's what i mean by surprising in ways that i wasn't expecting because i feel like they did have to get a little bit creative because the vulture i don't think we were expecting any twist because we kind of knew what that character was but then the twist being oh no he's the father of the 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 girl that peter's trying to date right right and then he's closer personal, he's, yeah he has a closer connection than
1: peter realizes yeah which
0: was really great i I think that reveal when he opens the door in the first uh in, in Homecoming is amazing. And in this I I think it's it's equally as as interesting or surprising when you get the reveal that it's tying into not just civil war, but the other iron man movies and everything kind of revolves around Tony Stark. Like you mentioned, you put it perfectly. And yeah, that bar sequence is great. When, when Quentin finally convinces Peter, like you can tell that he was just manipulating him this whole time and that all he wanted was Edith from Peter and he finally gets it from him. And there's this great scene where the illusions are kind of coming down at the bar and you see that it's actually kind of, um, broken down and then there's a few people who are real but the rest were all fake and um, and they're all
1: in on it together I mean basically Mysterio
0: yeah. is this
1: collective of people that Tony Stark has either mistreated or fired over the years disgruntled employees yeah, there's
0: a great scene so we get the reveal that he invented barf um, and the, like you said there's that great punch in in black and white on Jake Gyllenhaal and like a turtleneck going like barf <laughs> like, like how dare you and then there's another reveal of uh, his right right-hand man is actually from the first Iron Man movie who was, like, one of the scientists that was working with uh, Obadiah Stane. Yeah. And you got the... Tony! Like, the uh, yelling at that guy. And, and, and it's uh, also great to watch
1: Gyllenhaal in, in this moment because this is where he reminds me the most of his character, uh, Lou Bloom, in yeah. Nightcrawler, where he just literally goes off the rails. Oh, he goes full Gyllenhaal and, it, and And, it, it's and like... again, it's having fun with the exposition of yeah. it. Like, it was really sort of saying, like... You know, this is probably some of the most boring stuff of the movie where we have to explain away certain things. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's very tongue in cheek in that moment.
0: I, I I totally agree, and I love how they they've developed this interest. Like this, I I'm always like amazed by how well they put together the MCU and they they work within their, uh, the world that they built and like and they build upon that and and and. Put, twist the spider-man lore and stuff that we know on its head and develop it in this universe and and i love that things come and tie into things we've seen in other films and it doesn't feel like it's just a cheap kind of like oh see we tried to get you that all everything ties together kind of right. thing but and it's
1: still more grounded yeah than the other like yes we have you know the cosmic uh universe now in the mcu but you look at the how characters like hydro man and sandman are portrayed in this and learning that they're fake is kind of an interesting version of them because in the comic books and in the you know the 90s series they're kind of a big deal and they're yeah. their own personal... Like, they could be their own villain in a movie the way that Thomas Hayden Church was as Sandman. Right. But here it's like, okay, well, yeah, it is it is just so ridiculous and over the top, but at, at the end of the day, it's just a guy
0: creating a hologram. And then that also plays into why Mysterio is able to get away with all of this too is he says like we live in a world where anyone will believe anything now people disappeared for five years there's fucking aliens there's yeah so they're taking that window of opportunity so he's like I can say whatever and people believe me and and that's I think such an interesting way where they've built this world where that completely works and then Mysterio I just never knew how they would execute this character and make it feel like it like believable or grounded like you said. And And
1: still have the design and and the look of the sixties camp. I mean this is this is a character who has a bowl on his head. <laughs> yeah. And he is the goofiest thing you've ever seen. But, I mean, as a kid, you'd love that.
0: And they kind of make him it cool. Worked. And, yeah. like, you actually, like, even though you know the heel turn's coming, but they did such a good job at building him up and making him someone you're like, oh, I kind of like him. He's, like, a nice guy. I like his relationship with Peter. And, and like, the design and is the even design better when you yeah. know
1: the reality of it like even the joke that comes later on where they're dry cleaning escape oh god is amazing <laughs> and to go back quickly to what you mentioned with you know the 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 window of opportunity i mean uh tom holland's peter parker even mentions that now like in science class they study thor and the mythology yeah. of, of thor so things have changed in this this mcu quite a bit since the first avengers movie and how this is having ramifications still you know, within the the world that we know, the planet that we know, but also, you know, in the the big scheme of things.
0: Yeah. So like in Quentin's fake backstory, he says he's from a different universe, right? Like he mentions Earth 616. He calls it a multiverse yeah. instead of a spider-verse. Yeah, and um and and that goes back to him just knowing that people will believe anything. Uh the one thing I guess this So we're at the Mysterio Reveal, and as I th- overthink this a little bit to try and break down like where the plot holes are or where they fucked up sometimes which again more times than not they're not ironclad but they're pretty good at building this universe and and making things make sense within this world to continue on that pun of ironclad they've they've (laughs) hammered it out yeah god damn it um (laughs) how does no one know that he worked for tony Starr? that is a good question um Anyways, if he was that close and invented something like barf, and then was fired, well, you by would Tony think that like, being, like Shield, like that like, Jackson
1: would maybe know because Fury has a background on everybody. So and So the other right? reveal
0: of them being scrolls in the uh, in the final post credit sequence, maybe there's something there. Like they didn't give the real. Um Nick Fury all of the details because remember they're just telling him about it like right. later. So they knew some stuff, but they didn't reveal everything to Nick Fury until that post credit sequence. Or why but, not happy
1: Hogan? Why wouldn't yeah, Hogan have known? Hogan would have
0: known, right? Yeah. Like Hogan a hundred percent would have known. Yeah. <laughs> so does he have any interaction with Mysterio until Peter talks to him much later in the movie no no but
1: I mean he would have seen him footage on on
0: TV but you never see his face
1: yeah I guess I mean again that's I still think that like you know maybe Nick Fury would have mentioned something to Happy Hogan about Quentin Beck because they never they never call him Mysterio they just call him Quentin Beck the media calls him Mysterio
0: Right, and is Quentin Beck his given name, his real name in this universe? Because he right. says, oh, you made up the – thank you for making this backstory about Quentin Beck, the man from the uh, multiverse or whatever. So maybe that's not his real name Yeah. Um. or else – but then does anyone on the news talk about Quentin Beck? They just say Mysterio, right? Right,
1: or even in, in the first post-credit scene, I mean, you would think after the situation that's unfolded – not just the reveal that, you know, Peter Parker is Spider Man, but seeing that footage of Quentin Beck. I mean, Beck has been exposed at this point as being a con man and
0: being someone who manipulates the truth. So why take. Ha- has his, he, though? You don't know. Like, or had S.H.I.E.L.D. like just taken his. Body, I'm also talking like, about killing Beck. Yeah. But again, does. Is it revealed that he was an illusionist and and created all this stuff? Like, we don't know that really, right? Like, I don't know. So, because he was always portrayed as a hero and then... But it goes back to like playing – I like even the idea of playing, playing into fake news and things like that. And we'll right. get there So like, because those post-credit sequences are, are awesome. <laughs> but I want get, to kind of get through the rest of the plot. So we skimmed over the first act of the movie. But then once you get this big Mysterio reveal, um, Peter goes back and he actually reveals his identity to MJ at one point um, uh, where she kind of figures it out and, and he's trying to hide it still. But she had one of the projectors that she found on the ground after the – the uh, uh, the battle in the Czech Republic. Yeah.
1: And also, uh, uh, Peter's wearing a new suit because he doesn't want to be identified as Spider-Man or the connection oh, Night will Monkey. be closer. Yeah, <laughs> so he's Night Monkey.
0: Yeah, which is just kind of a black stealth suit, which I thought was pretty cool. But, I mean, very obvious that he's still Spider-Man. Yeah,
1: I thought it would actually have something to do with, like, being uh, fire-proof um, because yeah. the way that he's dealing with the... Uh, what is that character's name? The, the um, Lava Monster?
0: Yeah, I'm... Uh, I don't know, Molten Man, maybe or something like that. God, I hope but, it is Molten Man. Yeah, uh, I forget. I'm not super familiar, but um, I do like the way that they handled the elementals. And like, we probably won't get a classic Sandman in this universe anymore. Right, which and, is like, fine because yeah, it's we've this... already seen that character in another. Yeah, film and, and... and this mo- this series is is different
1: from. You know the the Sam Raimi version and the Mark Webb one, and yeah. it's doing its own thing. So it doesn't mean that you know another reboot can't bring in those characters again. Because I mean, I liked the at least in the '90s cartoon um, the story of
0: Hydro Man. I mean, he reminds me a lot of um, uh, Clayface in in right in the. But Batman, they even the mention his series. name too in the when um, Flash is reading the news about it isn't he doesn't he talk about Hydro man and there's they give him the name from the comics and stuff and then she's like don't believe everything you read it right like the news is yeah anyways but and that's um, a theme
1: that that's played throughout the entire uh film is you know media and and sort of manipulating the truth and and sort of
0: constructing a narrative based on uh limited information yeah so then after we get the reveal and, and Peter figures out, we get a great scene of uh, Mysterio and then him actually in his, what I would say, his real suit, which is a motion capture suit. Yeah. And I thought that was such a, a fun and cool way of bringing that character into reality and like so he's wearing what you would if you guys have ever seen behind the scenes of a film or a or video, holy motors or, with Denny yeah De- yeah that's a good i mean most people <laughs> who are watching this have not seen Holy motors maybe <laughs> this podcast but not who's watching right far from home um or if you've seen any behind the scenes of how they do motion capture for video games and things like that he's wearing a motion capture suit with this helmet and i thought that was such a awesome way of representing that character in like a modern 2019 kind of sense and there's this great scene where he's almost like a theater director which goes into his classic kind of backstory where he's both a special effects man and is he a stunt man as well in the in the comics or just special effects? And like, I think there, there probably um, was a version, I mean we yeah.
1: watched a YouTube video last year where it went through all the different versions yeah. of Quentin Beck, and I think maybe at some point he was sure. a stuntman. But anyways, it
0: always has like a special effects film and yeah. theatrics. He's kind a of, magician, yeah. an
1: illusionist, somebody who can take reality and manipulate it to his will and fool people into getting what he wants.
0: And like you mentioned of the way the film handles exposition or explains how his tech works, I think is done in a, in a really really great way of that it doesn't feel like it's like oh god, here we go, he's just got to explain how things work and I and how they utilize, like the drone sequence that we skipped over earlier with Tony, when or with Peter when he first gets Edith and and almost kills Brad. Um, <laughs> no big loss. Uh, is a great way of kind of introducing you to that drone technology, right? And how yeah. it all revolves around Tony. And then as you see it here, and it, the cloning mechanisms and how it's using uh, weaponry and and uh and the pulse technology and all this stuff to create these illusions i think was a really interesting way in giving him that theater director kind of um personality when he's yelling at everyone and and saying to amp up the effects and things like that like i thought that was such a genius way of 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 showing this character in 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 today's kind of modern time and i i I, I and that and you also see through that in the
1: performance of the the narcissistic attitude that he has and the kind of off the hinge qualities that stark saw in him and that's the reason why he was he was fired so you're seeing why like yes he is a genius he's smart at what he does he's inventive but at the same time you know as it always is with great power comes great responsibility and he has manipulated those powers to suit his own needs and exploit others and his next big plan or what he has coming up is the idea to create something that's as big as what happened in Endgame to sort of cement himself as you know, the next Tony Stark to be the false god, the false hero, because Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury wants him to join him in Berlin. To join the Avengers. To join the 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 new Avengers. Yeah, or whatever the new version of the Avengers is. Yeah, and he says,
0: we need to build an Avengers-level threat, right? So now that he has control of all of the drones, and not just a few of them, because he has control of Edith. Um, He can kind of create something that will cover an entire city instead of just kind of one area of a city that he had before. So he decides to kind of attack London. And then um, he uses uh, his relationship with Nick Fury or who we believe to be Nick Fury. And he plans on killing Nick Fury as well. Yes, at the end of all of this. And so basically he has to manipulate Peter's trip to kind of make – his class go to wherever he um, is doing these things cuz his plan now is to kill now he has to yeah, kill Yeah so he Peter goes from Parker. Venice to Prague yeah. instead
1: of Paris cuz MJ wanted to go to Paris yeah. to go to the Eiffel Tower and then from Prague they end up going to London yeah. um so yeah and, and and on top of all of that as well um w- we're going to get to it but you get two sequences where you experience the full Immersive effect of Mysterio's technology And I i would say Maybe in the top five Of all of the MCU um, Action sequences yeah, It's man. visually daring It's abstract um, There's some stuff in there That obviously visually isn't meant to look real But is still very disturbing And weird And all works And sort of the punchline Of how it all plays out Um, is brutal and also leads to a funny uh, joke because Tom Holland you know ending up in the netherlands
0: yes no so yeah you 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 touched upon it there so peter decides that he has to go take down mysterio so he's going to meet him in berlin yeah and beck doesn't um, necessarily want to kill him because he actually kind of weirdly admires peter and
1: specifically he even says um when they first meet never to peter never apologize for being the smartest guy in
0: the room so i think he sees a little bit of himself in peter as well right but then now that Uh, peter reveals his kind of plan to mj and um and ned um he sets off to having knowing that peter's going to meet him in berlin uh and then that sets in this plan where peter thinks he's going to uh uh, meet nick fury to then take down mysterio and then we get this amazing sequence which you just kind of described where um we get the yeah full Mysterio. So like, which I never thought we would get in this kind of way. And I, I thought it was so well done. And, and I totally agree with you that I do think it is one of the best uh, set pieces or action sequences in all of the MCU where um, like you said, it's got that n- uh, nightmare on Elm street kind of uh dream, but reality sequence where you never know what's real and what's not. It's like not. being in a and fun like, house. But yes, The fun exactly. house is a deserted
1: building or yeah. a building
0: that's being uh,
1: constructed and, then, and you and don't he, know what's real or not
0: exactly. So you could be falling ten feet or two feet, but Peter's like his costume changes and Mysterio's just messing with his head. Uh, we haven't brought up the Peter Tingle yet. We did in our review, but uh, Peter's Tingle isn't working yet, which is a Spidey sense. Right, or it, it,
1: it's, it's kind of working, but and also because it's it's partly you know him coming back from that five year blip, yeah. but also I mean this is this is something I really want to quickly mention. It, this movie reminds me a lot of Iron Man 3, where you have completely. Peter Parker in the same way that Tony Stark after the first Avengers movie is dealing with post-traumatic stress. Yeah, Here he's dealing with that as well, but on top of that grief and loss. So he's kind of trying to recalibrate himself, and he's thinking the vacation is going to help and sort of taking his mind off of you know superhero duties. But he's kind of thrust back into it and not being completely ready to deal with it. He's having to look inside himself and sort of doubt whether or not he's ready to have these powers that Tony has left for him. And that's why... He thinks at first Quentin is the one to give them to.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. I was thinking of Iron Man 3 throughout even with the Mysterio reveal and the 100, uh, 100%, Mandarin 100%. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what I was thinking of. And I, I was surprised because a lot of people didn't react very well to the Mandarin reveal. So I was curious of how people would react to the Mysterio Which is one. strange because
1: mm. the Mandarin is a character that's definitely of its time. And I don't think you can portray that character exactly as he was in the comic book. And I thought that that reveal or that twist of ben kingsley's mandarin spoiler on iron man 3 um (laughs) is being just you know a front for guy pierce um that's a was perfect
0: yeah it's a great way to bring that character because that character's racist and offensive exactly (laughs) so anyways uh this this sequence with mysterio is is fucking awesome so you get kind of him messing with Peter's head and bringing in, um, uh, I love that Queens, um, building with the, the neon lights and then Mysterio's fist coming through the door and punching Peter. There's a great thing with, uh, the grave of Tony Stark and you get a zombified version of Iron Man. Oh, uh, please. Anthony um, Edwards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Anthony Edwards, um, uh, Stark, uh, not Anthony Edwards, the actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, but that, when the zombified Iron Man comes out, I'm like, this is Fucking awesome! And this is a lot
1: dark. Like th- these, those two sequences that we see in, in the movie, this one and one that comes later on, are much darker than we we've seen before. But at the same time, the tone is still very much enjoyable. Like it yeah. never gets too. It never gets to the point of it's being not somber like no, an and No, like uh, or, or amazing Spider-Man. Yes, like it never becomes sure, the yeah. Garfield version where it's yeah. all drenched in despair and and darkness.
0: Yeah, and then um, that sequence finishes with uh, one final illusion where you think Nick Fury shoots Mysterio to kind of end things, but really it's just Mysterio once again using that to get Peter to reveal who. Uh, oh sorry yeah this is where he reveals that mj and ned know his plan right yeah and then um and that
1: there are now targets on his list yeah
0: so then he's like i really wish you didn't do this peter and then he's just and then he uh manipulates peter to walk onto some train tracks and then just gets floored by a train um which is crazy and then you kind of see peter uh survived that and he crawls onto the train and like you just brought up uh earlier he uh, winds up in a jail cell he wakes up later and he winds up in a jail cell in the netherlands with some soccer hooligans yeah uh which is a great sequence uh very funny and then uh the ongoing joke here is that everyone in the netherlands is just very very nice yeah Um, they're the
1: better versions of the canadians yeah
0: everyone is super nice and then that kind of sets off peter kind of i love these moments where like Uh, He has this self-doubt and you can tell he's still a teenager and he just doesn't know what to do and that he has to call Happy to kind of help him. And then um, Happy comes in the jet in this tulip field and, and picks Peter up and there's that great moment about the the another porn joke (laughs) because we got one in the first movie um with ned saying he's watching porn to kind of get the teacher to leave him alone um in this uh when he's talking to happy of like how do i know it's actually you and not an illusion happy talks about during civil war when they go to germany um that peter rented a porno and uh which is a funny bit um and then we get some great stuff on uh the jet with between Peter and Happy. Yeah, it's probably great. the most emotional and it
1: expands both Happy and Peter's characters and sort of brings a little bit more added depth and an interesting dynamic between those two that you could see, you know, flourishing in the next sequel even more and that the idea that it's like, you know, it Peter it's okay to have these doubts and to be conscientious about who you are as a person and you can never be Tony Stark, because even Tony Stark as Iron Man was not great. He didn't have his shit together at all. Like he was he, all he, over the place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and you've got to be who you are. You have to... And you still have to do what's right, and you still have to live by, you know, morals and standards that... Um, that are higher than anybody could reach because you're a superhero. But at the same time, you have to do it. You have to go your own way.
0: It's almost the great power comes great responsibility speech, right? But it's in a a different way because we haven't gotten that in this No, and this is – yeah, this is
1: probably the closest that that's – and it does it in an interesting way that isn't just recycled from – various versions, but you can tell that that is the closest thing to that speech.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what this version of Spider-Man has done so well. It's taking these moments that we expect from this character and kind of putting their MCU spin on them, right? And uh, I really... I really loved that. And then some fan servicey stuff of Peter finally realizing when he what he needs to do but he doesn't have a suit and things Creating like that. Creating a new suit yeah. scored to acdc dc Yeah. And then he does the same movement that um that Robert Downey Jr and Tony Stark did when he was first building his Iron Man suits and you and you get this great look from Happy and he's like, "Yeah, I got the perfect music." and puts back in black on. Right. And it's a very fan servicey kind of on the nose moment, but I thought it worked perfectly of how they built that relationship between Tony and Peter and and him being this yeah, the the kind of not the next Iron Man, but yeah, the, like very much Tony believed in him so much and and saw himself probably in this very smart kid and then him just naturally kind of doing the same things as Tony building a a, a suit. Um, and then, yeah, getting a ACDC was amazing. And then, um... Right. And we should
1: also mention that, that Happy Hogan is in a relationship <laughs> yeah. or, or at least courting, uh, Aunt, Aunt Mae to yeah. some degree. And there's kind of a bit of a funny beginning with that. And it, it'll, there's a, a bit of an ending with it as well. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. I, I like it. And I they, wish they gave more for Marissa Tomei to do other than just be on the phone every once right. in a while. But I understand that they, like, you know, they can't have her
0: on the trip either. Yes. Um, yeah, and and I like that they toned down the like sexy Aunt May stuff a little bit, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, th- I mean the happy stuff I guess still does play into that. But I I, I like the flirtation between them and the one moment at the uh, the uh, Aunt May s- seems like she's working for a charity now that helps people who were which we mentioned earlier that were displaced during the blip. Yeah, um, I think that uh, which I think. Classic Aunt May always works in, like, some sort of charity and stuff. I think, Or hospital, because yeah, I think hospital, Sally Field's yeah. version in Amazing Spider-Man was a, was a, was a, nurse, a right. nurse or a doctor yeah. or something. Right. Um, so, yeah, after this, we get uh, Peter ends up going uh, figuring out what how to take down Mysterio. They go back to London. Um, he's going to try to take down the illusions from the inside, as well as Happy's going to go meet and try to save MJ and, and the rest of Peter's class. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then we get a sequence where, uh, like, the final big climax of the movie. So, we get Happy spinning off with uh, Peter's classmates, and then we get Peter going into the middle of the storm, essentially. And we get Nick
1: Fury and Maria Hill just standing in the background, as they do for most of this movie.
0: Yeah, that was my biggest gripe, I think, in both times that I watched it, that they just feel, even with the reveal at the end of the movie, which I don't, I just still don't really... I'm like, it's a fun reveal, but like yeah. that's really it. And and what it basically
1: what they're doing now, because Captain America's out of the picture, I think they're trying to Marvel is trying to find where do you put them next. Because yeah, it worked for for Captain Marvel in as a you know nineties prequel to the MCU. Yeah. But you know, going for, for, uh, forward, where do where do they fit into the world? Because they're no longer shield. You still probably have to have them sometimes pop up here and there. But is is the next Captain Marvel movie going to be you know in outer space? So they're not going to be needed for that. So the closest thing is. Uh, you know, this is is Spider-Man. I mean, they're not going to put them in in a Doctor Strange movie or something like that. I don't know. Who
0: knows, right? I mean, with the so the reveal is that both Nick Fury and Maria Hill were were, um, Talos and his wife from Captain Marvel, the Skrulls. Um, So then that kind of explains why they were sort of weird throughout the movie. But then their presence just is like sort of unnecessary throughout the whole thing. And And it also undermines...
1: What I kind of liked about Fury's character in this and he talks about it when they first have their one-on-one is that he feels kind of obsolete or a dinosaur in a world that went on without him and coming back to it he has no power or control over anything and he's as insecure as anybody else yeah
0: and the one thing I noticed the second time around was that he always has an ear like a uh, like a Bluetooth headpiece in so what I assumed is like the real Nick Fury was kind of talking. Actually, I don't know because the reveal that they call him is almost like telling him the details of what happened. So I wasn't sure. Unless they're just giving Um, them a brief or something like that. Yeah, maybe. But anyways, they are the weakest part of the movie or it feels like they're tagged on. Yeah, that they don't really need to be there. But I guess it's a way to get Mysterio and Spider-Man kind of together and stuff like that in the reveal. Um, So yeah, we get the last action set piece. And um, uh, the only thing I want to say here, there's not... I really do like that... uh, The idea of Mysterio controlling this in this motion capture suit from this bridge while he's watching everything take place, and the way that he's he's actually trying to kill people and destroy the city now, so he can come in and save the day. Uh, But Peter uh, realizes he uh, he finally gets control of his Peter Tingle um, or Spidey Sense, as we uh, know it from all other. He's back to being sticky. Uh, So he goes into the illusion, takes down some of the drones from the inside. Uh what I noticed on the second time around is that you can see Mysterio realizing what he is going to do at the end and that's why when they go why are you revealing the drones like when he says shut down the illusion right. um that's the moment that clicks of him going well I know I'm going to frame Spider-Man essentially for this um so that that is his backup me. plan in in play Yeah so he he does that and reveals the drones and then we get a I think a great sequence of Probably the best Spider-Man action that I, I I believe of, like, Spider-Man using his full abilities of, like, going through the city and swinging and destroying these drones and then uh, a lot of CG. It's, it's your classic CG-fest things exploding, but, like, I do just like seeing a full on spider-man sequence of him using everything uh uh, juking and jiving through everything and flipping through stuff and destroying all these drones and then uh you get a funny sequence of of happy with the the classmates in like a museum um kind of thing and uh, some goofiness there um i like that we didn't talk much about flash being like a vlogger and that's how they find him he's live streaming yeah a lot of the comedy works and yeah tony ravioli's great and um i'm with them hinting at his father and his mother not being present if they're gonna do something with him yeah because um, at the
1: end it's almost like a really sad note for him that his, his parents didn't is I
0: have a feeling they might go the flash ends up joining the army right and right. he goes overseas and he loses both of his legs um, you think they'll and, go that
1: dark with it for for? I mean they're still so young right well I
0: I mean if they're really gonna I can see this going on for like if they I hope they renew their deal with Marvel and it looks like they're going to with leaving it on a cliffhanger and things like that um, right. uh, and if they let these characters grow up into these roles and they stick around with them for a very long time I think they could go these routes of like um, like, just like you saw the Harry Potter kids grow up and become kind of by the end of it being like, right. Uh, well, like, I was
1: thinking like, even are they going to make like a, have like some sort of twist that like he's, his father's actually sort of a Norman Osborn. Yeah. I've
0: seen other people say that too. And he's kind of the Harry Osborne of this universe. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Cause they keep bringing up his dad, never being around and things like that. And his mom. So, I could see that. That could. Would you be okay with that? I'd Edel be fine twist? with that. Yeah. I like Tony like,
1: Ravioli. Although it's weird because Harry Osborn comes off as more of a self-centered dick. Where like this version of Flash, because Joe uh,
0: Maglin Maganello or or played whatever. him yeah. in the Sam Raimi version, he's always supposed to be like a jock bully. Yeah,
1: but I, I find Tony Ravioli is more sweet and kind, even though he is
0: a jerk a jerk but but there's still there's still something redeemable about him and the stuff they keep using with his parents almost makes it seem like he's just lashing out because of that yeah and he's
1: lonely and 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 doesn't really have much going for him other than high school and and what have you and, and his home life is probably very empty um but yeah it would be it would be interesting to see like maybe a different version of 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 Harry done through Flash? Yeah, it I'd could be. I'd be up for or, it, and I think Tony can do a good job, but I just feel also at the same time that Tony's performance is still weirdly more likable
0: than any of the Harry's we So that's with. why I think it could be cool if they go the Agent Venom route and then have the MCU version of Venom be with Flash Thompson. And that's, that's going to get really confusing because I know c- that they uh, have thought yourselves. have yeah. – to you bring know, in the bring Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy. Yeah, but yeah. I would prefer if you kept those universes separate. And then I think if you go the Agent Venom route, you could, you might be okay of differentiating them right. because Flash Thompson, because he was in the army and things like that. I mean, this is way down the line because you'd have to set up Flash being in the army and yeah. losing his. Legs Tony's going to be like, like forty by the time yeah, we get there. yeah. Well, that's what I mean, right? If you stick with these characters long enough, because Agent Venom, I think, is a cool storyline of where you get like someone who is can be part of the Avengers or the secret Avengers, or now um, there's a recent comic book called the Savage Avengers and things like that. Um, but you get those bursts of the, the vicious, like big venom that we see in the Tom Hardy version and things like that. But then also this slick kind of army version of venom, which I think is yeah, you've cool. shown me the yeah. um, and some that's, comic stuff. And like, he does become kind of more almost like
1: Hulk esque, venom when he's more enraged
0: yeah when he's enraged but he's more of like a and it it combines like Flash's love for spider-man and his uh because he loses his legs it's a way for him to get his legs back essentially right? right by becoming agent venom and he works for the government so i could see them tying that with nick fury kind of thing down the line too but like i don't know if tony ravioli Has that in him. Like he's, he, right now, he, like you said, he kind of has a, even though he's a bully, he has this kind of charming nature and he's such a small kind of guy that I don't know if I see that down the line, but I, I could see that happening and I think that could be a cool way to introduce Venom into the MCU. Yeah. I've, I've met Um, Tony
1: in person. I, um, at the Critics' Choice Awards once and meeting him, I mean, he's a really nice guy, but he is really tiny. Like I, he'd have to like bulk up and they'd have to really emphasize like, The symbiote transforming him quite a bit as well so but that um, could be cool too because you could
0: play that up of like kind of like captain america joining the army too of being this guy where he has no that he has to do this and he feels like this is the only way and then um and then maybe he he is maybe a medic or something like that and then he ends up losing his legs or something and then the way to make him have a purpose or bulk up is he has to become agent venom i don't know who you i guess it would be you either get a fully CG or you just get Tony Ravioli to get fucking jacked. Which I think he could do it. I'd rather have that than
1: like a weird Benjamin Button, uh, Captain America CGI reverse version. Yeah. Because you'd be stuck with him as like a weird CGI human for That's what I the majority mean. I of the I know it movie. is
0: the full mask and it's supposed to be a symbiote, but you would still, I think, prefer have... I don't know how you do that, but it could be cool. So anyways, we get this last sequence. He takes down the illusions. He's fighting all these drones, and then there's the final standoff with Mysterio on this bridge. Um, And then uh, you get the reveal. How's it go for Mysterio? Not very well. Um, He kind of says, he does that classic, like, fire everything kind of screaming thing, and, like, no matter if it could hurt him. which I still think that he probably survives this and that this is uh, an illusion. So,
1: yeah, so we should say that um, you think that he gets killed by the drone attack that he orders on Peter Parker. uses
0: his Peter tingle to kind of destroy all the, yeah, and
1: we get another kind of visually abstract sequence of, of Mysterio's fun house or bridge house in this case of terrors. Um, but ultimately Parker is uh, wiser and catches on to his act using his Peter tingles and has uh, uh, Mysterio gets killed by a, by one shot. Right.
0: Yeah, or a bunch of shots like it one it goes brr and like kind of takes him out. And I know though.
1: what you're saying where like it like this also could be an illusion that Mysterio actually survived, but I am kind of hoping that he died. See, and I, the reason yeah. for that is because I feel that like comic books in the 80s in the 70s, 80s and 90s weren't afraid to have these characters these these antagonists be one and done like killing off nicholson as the joker and you know batman and stuff like that like the
0: mcu's done it so often that i want some of them to survive especially for really i think it's the
1: opposite i think that the mcu has kept too many of these really well how many of them have lived compared to dying so uh other than obadiah in the first one uh, abominable lived um uh, Loki's been around and sure. there's still a version that's kicking. Vulture is in prison. Obviously, they're. But I want them to build up to the sinister, up for sinister Six. Six. Yeah. No, I do too, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Mysterio in that lineup. They've already proven that it can be, you know, an alternative group of people. So we're probably, if we do get a Sinister Six, we'll get Vulture and Scorpion
0: for sure. I think he survived and he'll be part of Sinister yeah, Six. Yeah, I'm
1: not saying that he, he didn't survive. I just was kind of hoping that, like, they actually said, you know what? We don't have to be this precious to keeping every single villain alive. Um, yes, like, spoiler, Killmonger dies. Yeah, but I quote, think unquote. he could come back And that's too. the thing that bothers me because that's what I liked about Endgame so much is that Endgame felt like it had real consequences to the actions, and when Tony died, it felt like he is done. Now, he can obviously come back in some form or another if Downey wishes or, or if the writers find a way to do that. But I just feel like... You know, having somebody that comes in for one movie and does a great job and then goes out, you know, guns a is is good. Like, it doesn't have to always be hinging on the character can come back. You know, like, they this story was well-told and the character was really well-utilized.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think, for me, I just—I want them to build up to the Sinister Six because— that's something they've wanted to do for the longest time and i feel like in the mcu you could is doc um, ock the lead of, of that it varies but y- yes see but... i would
1: be curious to see how they bring him into the fold if they ever do bring that character back because it feels like alfred Molina had such a stamp on you know that live action version that it would be hard to bring him in and, and obviously like those connections to Peter has to Doc Ock in the comics and in the other
0: versions yeah. are very much like what we saw with Beck already. Yeah. So, I mean, so we'll get to the, the end of this and then um, talk about where we see it going in the future. So yeah, Quinn Beck passes away. Um, he dies in this final battle with Peter uh, Peter ends up uh, reuniting with MJ. They share um, an adorable moment. They kiss. Um, and then uh, we didn't talk much about Ned and Betty's relationship, but yeah. we did in our review. Which is a fun uh, summer fling. Fun. And, and
1: it's, again, adds a little bit of depth and gives both of those actors something to do. Um, uh, Angrari uh, Rice and uh, uh, Jason. No, Jacob. Jacob uh battle on are are both uh, a lot of fun and 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 it does it in a way that doesn't feel like force it's like oh we have to give them something to do like it actually feels like it works for this situation for this summer vacation yeah it was
0: really cute and then they break up on their way (laughs) right (laughs) when they get back and peter and Ned's become a man he's mature yeah Ned's great man and um we get back to new york uh peter meets with may and uh happy and then they're like they have a disagreement on if they are dating or not. Um, or, my
1: you've probably we, yeah, you've probably gotten to this point in, in Stranger Things season three. Like, uh, Hopper needs to have a heart to heart with Mike and L <laughs> and it yeah. reminds me of that, but reverse where it's the kid that's yeah, doing it.
0: It's great. And, um, it, uh, May thinks it's a summer fling, Happy thinks they're in a relationship, so there's some cute back and forth there. Peter jumps out the window, uh, says he has a date, he meets up with MJ. And the movie ends with him um, swinging away with MJ, saying, "You're gonna love this." And then, or you get the—I think you get the clip of her being like in the in the sky. Yeah, I never want to do this again. Yeah, and then you hit the credits, which is "Vacation, all I ever wanted." Yeah, um, by the Go Go's, with a great credit sequence. Uh, Then we get our first post-credit scene, which is um, it cuts back and then Peter lands on the ground with MJ. Now, before we reveal Um,
1: that, what I was thinking it was going to be, and I think you have mentioned this, or we've talked about this before, either on the podcast or um, just in general, um, you were always mentioning, and I think it was actually a really good idea, was that. Stark Towers was going to be taken over by uh Oscorp.
0: Either Oscorp or um Fantastic Four. So yeah. Baxter building. Neither of those things happen though. Yes. So you do get a sequence where you see um Avengers Tower, but we don't see who is uh who owns it now and it's under construction and I think Peter even swings through it at one point because it's right if you guys know New York, it's right behind Grand Central Station. Um, uh, and Peter swings by it and I believe it's under construction and shout out to, uh, I think it was, I was listening to the kind of funny, uh, in review of Spider-Man and Tim or someone mentioned that if you look at the construction sign, it was like, uh, it had one, two, three, and then a question mark. So that's like that could be Fantastic Four being the Baxter Building, like an Easter egg there. I think they're leaving that open to be one of those two things, right? Because um, they're probably
1: still trying to figure that out now. Right. And Kevin Feige has said that you know, after in the in the weeks to come, probably leading up to both Comic Con and uh d23 will learn more in terms of oh, what is coming four, next and yeah. even if it is
0: phase four like it might not be phases anymore yeah it just might be here's the next couple movies right yeah. um so we don't get to see i i really do believe you'll either get a baxter building or a um Oscorp reveal pretty soon um and then um peter lands on the ground mj says i never want to do that again Peter goes, okay, no worries, and then we get uh, this bulletin. I think they're in Times Square, no, or maybe near Times Square, or something like that. It looked like Times Square. Um, at least, I mean, it had it was it was very video, central, yeah. and we had a big screen, a video billboard. Yeah. So then, uh, breaking news comes on the screen, and and a man goes, uh, we have some shocking um, footage from the battle in London between Spider-Man and Mysterio, and they reveal Quentin Beck to be Mysterio. And then he said uh, there was this one final message. So we see footage. That is obviously manipulated by Mysterio or the that guy that looks like Spider Man killed. Killed Mysterio. Back, and it turns and, him into an outlaw. Yes. He, uh, he basically uh, revealed that Spider Man was the one that took over the drones and wanted to become the next Iron Man. And that's why he was killing Mysterio because Mysterio was basically the next Iron Man and Spider Man wanted that title. Um, and then uh, the best. Fucking thing happens where, and then also that Peter, um, he, he's Peter Parker. Well, I'm gonna get yeah. to that. So, essentially, then he goes. Uh, uh, controversial news outlet uh, Daily Bugle had a uh, some, shocking, which is like an Infowars, yeah. Fox
1: News kind of thing. And
0: who do you see? Fucking J K Simmons <laughs> as, as J Jonah Jameson. Oh my god, just man. a little balder. I marked out. It was awesome. And um, so yeah, he's he's doing the like. I I could not believe this because, like, I... We've talked about it, I think, before. We've both said, like, just bring him back. Yeah, there's no
1: way that you could recast that character. And, again, it's interesting that this version isn't playing in in the same continuity obviously as the the it's earlier a different versions, version but yeah. because like you'd also have to think like Betty Brant would be a lot older because Elizabeth yes. Banks played her in it's in a the different
0: universe and... but same guy it's yeah. like we talked about M in yeah uh, yeah Judy Dench in, yeah.
1: in the Bond movies or even uh, Michael uh, Goth and, in and Pat Hingle in, 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 yeah. in yeah. the Burton and Schumacher Batman movies yeah and this works it, it it doesn't really throw off anything and it's a perfect sort of button uh, to the film that also establishes that the third one is going to to be interesting in where we're going with this and now that
0: you know spider-man's identity is yeah out there and, it, and it
1: very much feels like it's come full circle in the way that uh iron man ended yes. where tony stark declares that he's I iron, iron man. man but in this case peter has been exposed God, i got what chills there those was... ramifications will be and
0: that set off basically the MCU in yeah. phase 1 and now this sets off into phase 4 right and what does that mean uncharted territory yeah. and what does that mean for peter and what does that mean for or the aunt scene? may or, or,
1: yeah. or uh, people mj like and yeah, and what does that mean for the MCU in general now?
0: Yeah, and it, I think it's such an interesting way of tackling. Like, I mean, we I mentioned to you, I think, in the Spider-Man video game that J. Jonah Jameson is like a podcaster, and he's kind of a um, yeah, like a uh, what shock that, jock, that horrible like, um, Alex Jones from Infowars. Yeah, but that's what this is kind yeah. of riffing on too, right? And I think that's such a brilliant way of again yeah, introducing this character. James Gunn
1: it. did that though as well yeah. this year with uh, Brightburn. Okay. So at the end of that, they have basically the same kind yeah. of setup, but it's... Um, do you want me to say No, it? I'm going to watch that movie. Okay, so, don't so say I won't anything.
0: say it. Um, so I thought this, was, this is genius. I love that they brought him back, and I can't wait to see um, how they utilize that. If this is a one-time kind of thing, or if they're just going to shoot a bunch of like... Studio stuff with him and interject it into the movies moving forward. Yeah, it would be like,
1: amazing if he was like the new Stan Lee in terms of like having just
0: cameos <laughs> randomly and of just like commenting Earth, on stuff. Yeah, on the, like in Earth the Earth-based MCU. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would dig that. <laughs> yeah, or even special features or something yeah. like having an actual internet show or a Disney Plus show. <laughs> yeah, just, just just J.K. Simmons <laughs> shouting. Yeah, shouting about things that happened in the MCU. Um. So, anyways, I thought that was absolutely amazing. Uh, and then you get it ending on the what the fuck <laughs> yeah um and i can't wait to see where this goes you leave it on a cliffhanger and like are they going like it looks like they won't address this for a little while because the next they're couple literally movies- gonna leave them hanging yeah because the next couple movies we're getting with probably Black Widow and the Eternals. And the Eternals aren't But going those to haven't been that. confirmed yeah. but they're
1: pretty obvious. I mean, yeah. Black Widow specifically because it is shooting right now. Like
0: unless Shang-Chi goes in before the Eternals or something like that, which also but, seems
1: to be close to going into production. Yeah.
0: So I think Black Widow is the one we'll get in spring of next year yeah. and then november i think is the next one which i think will be eternal yeah cuz eternals and, they
1: are casting right now where there's only been rumors for shang chi and like hearing names like donnie yen as a supporting role is kind of yeah. exciting watching him do the uh
0: that kick oh, bottle that great. thing with the rapture. yeah yeah good that was awesome um and then the final scene, which we already touched on, the post-post-credit scene, uh, was the reveal that uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill were Skrulls being. Um, ben- but you never see the
1: real Maria Hill. You only see the yeah. real Samuel Jackson. Yeah. I just want to call him Samuel Jackson instead of Nick Fury. just yeah. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> uh, sort of off planet on vacation.
0: Yes, or not even on vacation. You think he's on vacation, but then it looks like he's setting up a Skrull army. Right. So imagine, like, if Shield was just filled with right so um that's interesting he's in space so whatever that's hinting at whether it's captain marvel 2 or uh guardians or i don't know what you're touching on there um secret invasion but like a good secret invasion not a bad secret invasion right unless they go bad i mean maybe even nick fury takes a heel turn yeah that'd be interesting because again like the idea that like he's fearful that he's not in control anymore and it's like how do i get teetered of being on the like do we think what he's doing is right, right? Right. Like, I mean, there's that whole. I mean, that's what Civil War is about. What like a lot of the times they'd argue with Nick Fury and Shield's ways, right? Yeah. And Nick was always a part of that. So.
1: So you could have the scrolls turn there, being used by Nick, Fury. Yeah. To which kinda, would be interesting to cause gain like, power yeah. again. On and again, Earth, you live long right? enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, man, he's the big bad in Phase Four. <laughs> yeah. It'd be even better um, if it's like he takes off the eye patch and he just has an eye... like yeah. it was fine the whole time um, or. Uh, uh, what's his name? The cat. Why am I? Oh, yeah.
0: The cat is behind it all. Yeah, of course. Um, but, anyways, dude, yeah, I, um, I think it's a great way to send, uh, to end phase three. Um, it's a perfect epilogue. Goose. Um, Goose, yeah. I don't know why I forgot. Anthony, again, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a perfect epilogue to, um, Endgame and, uh, I loved the Mysterio character. I thought the execution on him was absolutely fantastic. And I really do think they are building towards either a Sinister Six or something like that. And I do think that Mysterio, out of anyone who they would pretend got killed and then bring back, I think he would be the one that makes the most sense to Right, me. he would be the Michelle um,
1: Rodriguez of yeah. <laughs> the MCU, the way that Letty comes back yeah. and... Uh, uh, Fast and Furious Five at the end post credit scene, um, but I also want to say that um, shout out to um, Eric Somers and Chris McKenna, who are two of the returning writers because there were six writers on Homecoming. There's only <laughs> two on this, um, and they still are able to make it work and and structure it in a way that's fun and enjoyable, but also be able to handle you know the all the stuff that Endgame sort of brought in and and potentially what's coming in the future. And also, I mean, they were writers on Ant-Man and the Wasp, and you look at how Ant-Man and the Wasp came after um, Infinity War and how kind of a letdown that was for closing up that year. And then compared to this where you have Endgame, which was also just as big, even bigger in terms of the importance of it, but are still able to have... You know, a day you a footnote that isn't just. It feels meaningful, yeah. but also
0: singular, too, right? 100%. Like, yeah. God, that's our catchphrase. I know. I didn't. It we, was an accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got to get t shirts made. But, um, anyways, I'm obviously, you guys know if you listen to this podcast or, or our reviews of Marvel movies that I, um, uh, I hate using the term fanboy, but I really do You're love You're a fan man? Uh, yeah, I really do love these movies and I love the world that they've built and I'm always constantly surprised because I do really feel like they're due for another Thor Dark World or Incredible Hulk, but like or they've just kind of they've gotten to a point where they know the formula so well and they know how to just pump out enjoyable. But they could coast on that as yeah. well, right? Where like if the next Captain Marvel or
1: Black Panther movie, you know, is like, okay, well, this is good enough. It could also become like Iron Man 2, right? Where it's like, we just add a bad more movie, to it. But yeah, just
0: more of the same. Right? Yeah,
1: just familiar and, and stuff like that. And don't so. get me wrong,
0: these movies are that. Yeah. But like, they always find a way to kind of twist them on their head a little bit or build on something that came before that they give you just enough for you to be like, That was pretty good. Or if you get to the third in a series, then
1: it's like, you know what? We'll just give that filmmaker whatever they want to do, and we'll kind of focus on the new property that we're bringing into the MCU. 100%.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. I think that pretty much wraps up our Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler cast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We appreciate it. We like doing these kind of spoiler casts for the Marvel movies, and we might expand it to do um, some other stuff too. Maybe we'll do a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood spoiler cast. Maybe we'll do a – we'll probably do a Star Wars crawl (laughs) Crawl (laughs) spoiler cast. Spoiler, the alligator kills people. Um, So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, If you like this, we actually do another podcast like we mentioned at the beginning of the show called The Untitled Movie Reviews uh, where Eric and I get together uh, for – in a much more – sort of professional way and review a new film like we did with Spider-Man Far From Home and others, uh, you guys can check out our reviews for that as well as Midsummer. Midsommar. Uh, yeah, okay, shut the... I'm saying <laughs> Midsommar. I'm just Nicolai. saying... Nikolai. Uh, Nicholas, <laughs> um, what else do we got up right now? Toy Story Four, we have Toy Child's Story Play. F- yep, um, we're going to have stuff
1: for The Last Black Man in San Francisco and soon. And Crawl, Crawl, Stuber, <laughs> Stuber, um,
0: Fast and Furious. Yeah. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw's coming up soon. Yeah, so. j- June into July
1: has been kind of s- a little bit more sparse or spread out. And we'll also be talking about uh, The Lion
0: King as well. Yes, so lots of stuff coming up. So make sure to subscribe to that channel as well, and you'll get another episode of this show. Uh, very, very soon, the 37th draft is coming up soon, where we're going over our best of 2019 so far, now that we've passed the half-year mark, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, we're, all, we're so close
1: to TIFF, and I always feel like once we actually start hearing tiff announcements
0: which is very soon
1: yes july 23rd which will um, probably
0: be our episode after the next one covering i don't know we'll that the year is
1: basically over and that we're already in 2020
0: <laughs> it's already oscar season again. yeah <laughs> it like, is no, no it is it just it ended <laughs> um, it's
1: still getting over last year i know oh, god my. damn it what is gonna be this year's bohemian rhapsody <laughs> have we
0: gotten it yet no i don't think so no, no. will we get one no probably Pro- oh 100 <laughs> percent All right. See you next week, everybody. Uh, As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can yada yada. yada see more of my work around the interwebs and follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck, including Twitter and Letterboxd. One more thing. I don't mention this enough. Please go follow... Uh, untitled cast on twitter it's untitled underscore cast and if you still have um, facebook
1: we have a facebook we have page a facebook well.
0: page we have an instagram we don't do much with those because i think we're more we kind of integrate our personal social handles and just kind of use those yeah. as our because we have more of a following we there still anyway. have them though if you um, want to please and like I, i'm basically just retweeting myself and eric yeah. <laughs> and like posting sometimes but uh, i do really want to kind of build out uh, a voice and stuff on those so go fight follow untitled and unders- if you have broadcast. time
1: you know rate the show give us a five-star review
0: that or, would help us immensely. or a one-star review and tell us no, we're don't, shit but, <laughs> don't
1: do that um but we appreciate those and and uh th- thank you to everybody that has been listening so far and continues to we we really do appreciate it and i'm uh, eric marchin and you can find more of my work at uh, rogerstv.com size cinema scene and on the social webs at em6211
0: until next time thwip thwip Motherfucker My Peter tangles are going off. The Ew. charts Ew